You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Daily Music Business Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Daily Music Business Podcast. This is the one brought to you by Keith and Matt of Dumb and Dumbest. So today, Keith, we wanted to talk about an article I wrote recently for your website, Ghost Cult Magazine, um, called Advertising Mindset, right? And in this article, I talked about not just how that, like, if you generate ads, um, you know, more people will see it and engage and, and that you can sort of grow from that. But I wanted to talk about the mindset you need to have, right? So kind of coming out of this idea of that, you know, people only care about themselves and they don't give a shit about you, which we're going to get into, right? Uh, and the fact that people consume what they want to consume. And so you need to kind of create content that benefits them rather than the other way around, which I think is the mistake a lot of people need to, uh, a lot of people make, right? So we're going to be focusing more on, we're talking about focusing on quality of ads and kind of that mindset. Does that make sense? Totally. So, um, what was the first, so just to kind of dig into this, Keith, can we just elaborate? Cause this is like one of my fundamental theses and I want your opinion on this, right? This fundamental thesis is that everyone only cares about themselves and they don't give a shit about you. It's, it's basically true. And I think there's a couple of things that get taken for granted in the larger picture of marketing and the music business. And that even operatives, let's call ourselves operators or operatives like we are, where we manage marketing and social media for brands and bands and labels is that the big picture, you know, and the, in the, in the greater sense, everybody wants more engagement. Everybody wants followers. Everybody wants to push the thing they're trying to push to advertise the thing they're trying to advertise and get that, you know, get that click through to the sale page and the landing page. But the problem is that you lose the forest for the trees a little bit because the basics of fundamentals of marketing do not change. And honestly, customer behavior doesn't really change either. Yeah. And this is the thing. This is, I, I gave a presentation at Inferno um, Music Festival last year. And that was one of the things I, I, I kept circling back to. I knew I was speaking to a slightly older audience than consumes the Bacon's Bits, for example. My daily um, band advice series, you can find at bacons.spits on Instagram. Um and so what I kept pointing out was that a lot of these strategies are the exact same strategies that you're using in the 90s, you know, to push bands. Like, it's all the same shit. You just have to adapt for the platform, right? Um, you know, I think, I think one of the examples I used is like, you know, odds are you're trying to push your black metal record. You're not going to push it to, you know, if you're pushing like a cult black metal record, it doesn't make sense to push it to Metal Hammer or Kerrang or some like relatively mainstream magazine, even if those are great magazines. You're going to get a lot more bang for your buck if you market your, um, you know, your underground black metal record to an underground black on the pages of an underground black metal magazine, right? Because just that's where the audience is. That's who you're supposed to be serving. And I think sometimes people know this, but they don't necessarily operate with that in mind. Does that basically make sense? So true. So true. You know, and, and that's kind of something I wanted to communicate in this talk I gave was like, there are ways to grow. You just need to kind of <clears throat> treat them properly. Right. So that ultimately I want to, something I want, I want your opinion on. I'm of the theory, Keith, that people buy for three reasons, wealth, health, and relationships. And I think people buy metal for relationships, both with the artist and with the community. Do you agree with that? 
I'll throw one. I not only agree with that, I'm going to throw one more variable in there is that people, especially in the heavy music community are, it's not just relationships with others. It's themselves. They're trying to validate and verify their own fandom. This, this is like reverse elitism where you almost need to like, I better get that enslaved record or else I'm false, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Um, and I don't think it's talked about until right this moment. I don't think anyone has ever talked about this, but if anyone was able to talk about it, it would be you and I, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, no, this is something I think about a lot where I'll be like, man, I've like only listened to rap today. Am I actually a metalhead? <laughs> and, you know, and obviously like whatever, but it's, it's definitely something that has crossed my mind. It definitely, it's like something, oh, okay. Like this is something I should address or at least think about in some sort of meaningful way. Um, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I think that people don't necessarily discuss those things. They don't discuss that you know you do need yeah metal is part about the relationship with yourself not just as the reverse elitism but also sort of uh, from a mental health perspective i think metal is very much a much more personal music in that regard than i think uh, most other genres are rather now okay so i wanted to talk for a minute about my epiphany with a lot of this there was a band i used to manage back in the day some of you might remember called tanger cavalry and one of the crazy things that would happen this was like 2015, 2016, when Facebook ads were really at their peak, right? And it, what would be crazy would be how we could put another $20 into ads for a show, and we would just know another four or five people would show up most of the time. That's insane. But like, that's how well we knew our audience, right? Uh, and that kind of got me thinking that like, oh, there's like something to this ad game. But beyond that, uh, the other thing that really taught me was my friend Jared from Archaic, who I actually Skype with like at least once a week to just talk about ad strategies. He does, um, he does some stuff with Michael Walker. And he's also the guy who kind of taught me um, some of the higher level stuff we talk about in terms of retargeting. And so that was kind of the other thing where I was like, oh, there's like a lot of money to be made here. You know, what was your sort of epiphany with ads? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this also, and it's kind of funny. My personal relationship to all marketing comes from my time playing in bands in New York City in the 90s and early aughts. And I got into marketing because of guerrilla marketing, my bands. And that has carried me, you know, I've gone on to graduate school and I have a master's degree in digital marketing and advertising, but actually some of the fundamental stuff is still the same in terms of how I approach things and also how I respond to ads and how I see others respond to ads. And so for me, um, you know, the thing is that I I feel like the, you know, we're still only like 10, less than 15 years into social media. And I think it's still in its infancy, but a lot of people treat these pillars of social media marketing like they're eternal. Like, oh, I have to cast the widest net possible. I have to spray and pray to get enough clicks and hits to make this ad worth it for ROI or to get my value back to make enough sales. And I, and and like you said, it's really about fine tuning and targeting. And it's not about these old school, in my opinion, now older tactics that are a little out of date and out of step, but you know, you talk to a label, you talk to a band. Was that supposed to be a minor threat reference? Vaguely. And um, I have been thinking a lot about them. Uh, the entire Discord uh, 
catalog sure. is free on Bandcamp right now. Anyway, um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, if, if you're trying to, you're talking to a client, like I talk with clients and, I, and I'm talking about ad campaign numbers and I'm saying we targeted a very fine, small target and we got 200 clicks to the landing page and X number percent of sales. And I consider that a big win. And they would say in the past, we got many more impressions and less sales and less click-throughs. And I'm saying because your targeting was off, because you went for the wrong larger audience, you went for the sexy big number of the greatest number possible of an audience poll, yeah. and you really needed to go small. And that's like like a huge, that's like the secret sauce right there. I think, I think you just laid it out uh, pretty good there, uh, Keith. Is that like... I think that people seem, you know, people are under the impression, oh, this needs to be huge and yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, like, you know who your fans are. You know your fans. Like, you know, like we know metal fans are elitists and have very specific tastes, right? That's fine. So just operate with that in mind and you're going to be a lot better off. You know, that's what I always try to explain to people is like, just realize that metal, metal fans, you know, have a specific taste and when you're like archaic who are able to suddenly after 10 years of you know being where they were at to blow up which doesn't really happen a lot you know but they did that because of ads they started having some of their best tours ever same with tanger cavalry you know even my friend stefan merch and sun voyager who's also someone who's taught me a ton about this stuff that's another guy who just like fundamentally you know just was like okay these are our goals this is our budget let's do this thing and he made it work just using what he knew and, and understanding how to cater to his audience. So that's a really important piece people need to be talking about more. Anyway, so now I want to break down some false beliefs. Um, you know, we try to keep these podcasts relatively short for you. So I just want to break down a couple of false ideas. First and foremost, there's this idea that social media isn't just for young people. What do you think about that, Keith? The, the largest growing segment of social media users are Gen X and older. I, I know, that's uh, basically all you need to say. <laughs> Yeah, basically digital natives, granted, they come out of the womb, you know, texting and, and using the cutting edge apps. But honestly, I think we're moving to an experience, and I've said this many times, I don't know what the future of apps on phones is when the technology is advancing. I think apps are going to combine, and I think you're going to get different kinds of experiences. And the traditional big four or big five or big six social media apps may have a lot less relevancy in the next five years. Some of them are definitely not going to go away, but some of them may be forced to. And so I think you can't necessarily marry yourself to whatever the most, you know, granted you want to get the low-hanging fruit. And I always tell people, I had some clients recently tell me they really don't like Facebook on a personal level, but they feel obligated to use it for their brand. And I say, well, then don't abandon it totally. But if you feel you're not getting results from it, or it's just let, you know, a lot of work and not a lot of, you know, results, then go put your energy into the channel that is the most meaningful to your brand. Yeah. And, and the authenticity play is really important. Like if you don't feel like, like you're able to be authentic on a platform, or if you feel like a platform is like belying what you're about, then just, you don't have to use it. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a, you, sh you need to have it, you know, and you need to be set up on it, but it doesn't need to be what you spend all your time on, you know? And I think a lot of people get caught up on this idea of like, Oh, I need to be, perfect within this thing and you don't need to be perfect within the thing you can just 
you know, you can just accept this is what I have and this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm not good at and just go from there. You know, now the second false belief I want to break down is a lot of people say that ads are pissing money away. What do you think about that? You already know my stance on that. That is just not true. I think if you're pissing, if you think you're pissing your money away on ads, you're doing it wrong, A, and B, get out of this business because you need, to, uh, unfortunately, the way all social networks are heading, uh, maybe right now TikTok is a wide open, undiscovered country. Maybe if you're really great at, go- at you know, Google ads, you can make YouTube work for you, uh, you know, and, and work, make ads work there. But realistically, the price of a wider audience more than your organic reach is always going to be advertising. Now, I'm not saying throwing money is the solution to anything. You don't want to just, I'm going to throw a bag of money like Scrooge McDuck at a thing, but you have to use it wisely and spend it correctly and target properly. But to think, to think that it's wasting money, you're just doing it wrong or you have a negative connotation because it hasn't worked for you in the past because you didn't work with somebody like Matt or myself or have somebody to coach you or you didn't take the time to learn the platform, which I see all the time because it is you know, like, you know, it's, it's all intense. To me. It's hard. Yeah. It's, and, and they keep changing it. And we were just discussing how the platforms continue to evolve and they don't stay the same, which frustrates experts like you and I, as well as the lay, the lay person. Yeah, no. And that, but that's also just part of the game is just learning it and learning to love it. Now the next false belief I want to break down is kind of twofold, right? I think there's this idea that you can overwhelm your fans and also that the market is oversaturated. What do you think about people who say either of those things? Um, again, if, if you, your fan base feels like they're being overwhelmed, you need new fans anyway, because most people want to engage on a regular basis with the thing they love or the things they like or the bands they love and the artists they like to support. Um, unless you are just posting too much and they're, they're uh, seeing you too often, you know, but I don't I even think, really think, I honestly don't think that's possible for people to see you too often. I think yeah. you want to be in people's faces as the, much as possible. The, the only scenario where this is applicable and this is very rare, but it, let's say you're running ads on Facebook for your brand to promote a show or to push your new album that's coming out on Bandcamp, and you're all, and you're not prospecting new fans, but you're mining your own existing audience. So now you're hitting them with ads and only them. And you're also posting organically all the time. You might be going to the well too much and you might alienate some of your people who are just feeling like, why am I seeing this every second I'm on? Because that's a, that's a, that's a downside of Facebook ads is frequency, which I feel is the unsung metric of Facebook ads. And sure. a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on that. And, and Facebook has actually fine-tuned their platform in the last few years to give you a frequency score. They never used to. Now they have a very good frequency score. So if your score is too high, people are seeing you too much. And so I think this is a, a real unsung metric. We only talk often about what are the right metrics to measure and, um, and look at as for advertising, that's a key one. So you don't want to, if you're only hitting your existing audience, which you shouldn't just be hitting your existing audience, but maybe you have a reason to, maybe you're very successful at them and, and you have a lot of success selling them stuff, but you don't want to go to the well too much and post organically all the time. They are going to get a little, you are going to have some residual disconnect and some burnout. I mean, this is why I disagree with that. Kiss. 
I literally own Kiss air guitar strings. Like, there's so much Kiss shit out there. And it keeps working, and people keep buying it. You know, I think that if you're doing it right, people aren't going to get overwhelmed. I think that it's really easy to overwhelm people. You know, don't get me wrong. And I think that it's it's not necessarily something you you know, you want to take for granted or whatever. But I also think if you really do it right, you can just keep selling to people. That being said, kiss are kind of an anomaly and then don't always, you know, you shouldn't always use them as lean on them as like your basis of comparison. Um, now I just want to see if I have any other false beliefs to break down here. Um, oh yeah. And so this is the final idea is that ads are too hard for the average person to learn. How do you feel when people tell you that? I think they're not easy to master, but very easy to get a, a basic grasp enough to run ads. And again, we're not talking about boosting posts. I've yeah, this is important. This. Please don't boost posts. I've said this before on the podcast. I won't go into lengthy exposition about it right now, but just don't use the boost post. I know it seems obvious. Don't. I know do it's it. tempting. Don't. Just don't do it. But to set up basic ads, to learn the basic tenets and best practices of all social media advertising, but especially Facebook and LinkedIn, it is actually a very low barrier to entry and easy to do. You just have to put a little work in, take notes. You know, you got to go back and put your your, uh, school mindset cap back on. How did you learn things in the past? You know, how did you teach yourself a new thing? How did you learn a song? How did you learn to play Crazy Train on guitar? You practiced. And so it's the same thing. These things take practice. The beauty of, of Facebook ads is you, if they're not working or you feel like you might have done something wrong, you can shut it off or pause it and then, and you know, A-B test it and dicker with it until you get it right. And furthermore, like, you know, I, Gary V used to say this thing I thought was really clever where he basically pointed out, look, like if you're willing to spend the 200 hours it's going to take you, or not 200 hours, you're going to spend the 30 hours it's going to take you to properly learn this, it's going to pay off dividends. And to like really get moving, to like get moving, it's only like 10 hours. You know, so like, I don't think that you need to be super freaked out super early on. I think you just need to be like, okay, there, there's some shit I should learn. And I am good enough to learn it. And if you take the time to learn it, it's going to be, it's going to be good for you and you're going to get a ton of value out of it and it'll rule, you know, but just take, just take the time, you know, that's all I'm, that's all I'm trying to say is, is if you take the time and it's not really that much time and people, you know, people like Keith and I are very willing to help. Um, you know, it's just gonna, lead to growth and be productive. So anyway, I think that, you know, essentially if you just keep researching and digging through the secret sauce, you'll have an epiphany like we did. You'll kind of understand, oh, marketing doesn't change, tactics do. You know, ultimately it's a question of how do I hit relevant people and then how do I perfect my way that I'm hitting relevant people? And then of course, how do I remind them that I exist with retargeting? And once you do those things, it all comes together. This has been the Dumb and Dumbest version of the Daily Music Business Podcast. You have been listening. Thank you so much. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.